everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk about the latest stop motion animated film from director Wes Anderson. We are talking the Isle of Dogs and my friend Conrado is here to talk about it. Time for a podcast. Rachel, you are my dear friend. (laughs) Snow falls on the pines. It's the little poem that I wrote on the occasion. Oh, this is very exciting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so you're joining us all the way from Peru. This is really fun. Yes, I am uh, away for a couple months uh, doing some work and also some vacation, but I'm glad to be joining you. And I'm glad that I got to see this movie on the big screen before I left. Yeah, me too. So uh, I think we should probably start just talking about your overall sort of Wes Anderson fandom hood, I guess you might say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'll start. So I actually haven't seen all of his movies and I would say I'm in general a fan and I have been more a fan of his recent movies than his early movies. I, I, I feel like he's gotten a little bit softer in recent movies. I, I wasn't a big fan of Rushmore because I know that's like blasphemous to say, but it was a little mean spirited in my opinion. Uh, and um, I don't know. I just, I like in recent movies, I just feel like it's more my taste as far as tone and style. Um, but uh, I, cause I really liked Grand Budapest Hotel and I really liked Moonrise Kingdom and Fantastic Mr. Fox. And uh, so like more recent movies, I enjoyed the Dar- Darjeeling one um, pretty good. Uh, but uh, some of his early stuff just is a little i don't know just not quite as tonally my style if that makes sense but overall i'm i would say i'm i'm a fan what about you um i am a huge fan i would say um i would say he is probably one of my favorite directors um ever he just his style and his uh, sort of pet themes are speak to me in a very uh, personal level I guess I don't know I'm a huge fan of his um, I like all of his movies to different degrees I will agree with you that I also think that he has uh, really uh, even though I like his early stuff I think he's become better as he's gone along and I think his recent movies uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest they were all like the the next one was better than the one that came before and it, he just kept going up and up in my opinion yeah. and i think yeah i think grand budapest is his masterpiece so mm-hmm. far yeah agreed and so what are your th- what are your thoughts on F- fantastic mr fox what did you think about that uh i think it's great fantastic mr fox i think uh, I think we've talked about this in the past about Roald doll adaptations mm-hmm. and how they're kind of tricky yeah. or maybe I've seen you tweet about it uh, and I agree with that um, I think uh, it's hard to capture that tone and I think because Wes Anderson has such a specific style and such a unique way of doing things uh, it felt very fresh it didn't feel like he was just trying to capture the original he like was putting a spin on it and I think it worked really well mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that animation is beautiful oh yeah I really enjoyed it too. I, I, I think that 
I, it the animation was amazing. I love stop motion animation. I'm a huge fan of I whether it's Leica or uh, or you know these independent ones or you know something like Frankenweenie. I just love stop motion. I think it's so cool, and uh, and that that movie has such attention to detail that makes it very fun. I think and and I I think that I. Uh, the um of course all the voice cast is really good and it's funny and yeah i so i enjoy fantastic mr fox quite a bit and uh so uh what was your overall sort of feeling about this movie response to this movie isle of dogs isle of dogs yeah um i am a little conflicted about isle of dogs because you know mm-hmm. huge wes anderson fan i think they're very interesting and very effective things in this movie mm-hmm. in many ways as far as the animation the style and the themes are concerned i mm-hmm. think there's a lot of good stuff there but then there's some um, other stuff that um uh you know i find a little less successful most of all my big question is why on earth is this movie set in japan i mm-hmm. still can't fully understand what the movie was supposed to gain from that decision mm-hmm. uh, in a meaningful way, right? I mean, obviously, uh, we can talk about this later yeah. more, but in more detail, but I think he, Anderson was definitely interesting in all of this Japanese imagery and style. Um, I don't know if thematically, if there was something important to say by setting the movie in Japan. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I, I just thought it was so charming i was really swept away by it i actually i don't know i feel like just in my first we've all we've both only seen it one time so it's 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 sort of a initial response but my initial response was was maybe i liked it even better than fantastic mr fox like i just felt like it was funnier and just like a little bit there were a little bit better paced and uh, I don't know. I was just, it was just so different and so unpredictable and so unique. And so I was really charmed by it. I really enjoyed it. And I'm very looking forward to seeing it again and, uh, and looking for, I don't know, just all those little details you miss on the first watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, uh, but I, 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 I can understand uh, some of the, the conflict that you're, you're talking about. Uh, but just as an animation fan, I was just sort of swept away and really enjoyed it. So uh, let's yeah. let's dive um, in. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say I agree with you that uh, there's so much there and there's so much in the movie that works so well. Yeah, uh, and every, and it's so well made that the the things that I didn't love about it, it was almost heartbreaking, right? Because I really wanted to love the movie, and then there was just these things that didn't quite work for me. Fair enough. So, so, so I think conflicted is, um, yeah, it's a very good way to describe how I feel about it. Yeah, that's that's understandable. Let's talk about the overall sort of setting and and uh, what we're doing here. So this is a dystopian Japan, and I guess like uh, maybe we'll just dive into this right away. Like hmm. I kind of felt like this was sort of a little bit of an. I kind of thought it kind of made me feel like similar to a lot of anime that has been set mm-hmm. in dystopian japan and i i don't know for a fact that 
that's what he that's why he decided to do what he did and maybe it's more forgivable in anime like akira or ghost in the shell or you know like these classic uh anime films in dystopian japan maybe it's more forgivable there because there's actually made by japanese people <laughs> um than than with wes anderson but that's kind of i don't know like nobody watches akira and says uh oh this is an inaccurate depiction of japan like because hmm. it's oh i see you know what i'm saying like okay yeah yeah i was i was having trouble a little following you there but i think i i get what you mean well i guess what we're talking about the fact that his the depiction of japan in this movie is clearly not a realistic depiction of japanese yeah. society as it exists in the real world right right yeah. and that is uh that is common for Wes Anderson. He's done the same thing with other places and other cultures. In the Royal Tenenbaums, you have this version of New York that is completely fantastical. And, you know, yeah. there are names of streets and places and things that don't exist in real New York. There is this fantastic version of Europe in Grand Budapest Hotel and India in Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. So he's doing the same thing here with Japan. Uh, but I, I guess the difference is that when you do it to a foreign culture, and especially, you know, as a, as a white man from America, mm -hmm. I think that's when things start to get into the, you know, uh, into complicated politics and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of people are responding to. And to a degree, that's also the mm -hmm. things that made me a little uncomfortable about the movie as yeah. well. Well, so this, this, this dystopian Japan and there's th this dog virus and, uh, they, there's this, uh, <laughs> there's this little prologue at the beginning where they talk about the history of the Kobayashi family, uh, that, uh, hates, hates dogs, hates the dogs. And, uh, they sign a decree of mayor, the mayor signs a decree of banishing all the dogs and uh to this to this trash island and it was kind of funny for me <laughs> full disclosure because the company that i work for is called kobayashi <laughs> incorporated <laughs> um and uh they're completely lovely and they've been so good to me and they're great but it was just really funny i i sent a an email to my boss and i'm like uh so <laughs> i was like this is the latest character kobayashi <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and he was like oh wow he looks really mean i'm like yeah he hates dogs who hates dogs you know like whatever it was funny and uh so it, that <laughs> it's like a pretty big i don't know if it was an an intentional jab because it is a pretty big company in japan but uh but anyway that made me laugh <laughs> Kobayashi uh, but yeah. you have this mayor and what do you think that Anderson was do you feel like there was a strong metaphor here that he was talking about with this banishing of the dogs hmm. I think there's definitely something there I'm not sure if I uh, I'm completely sure exactly what it is I might have to see the movie again or think about it a little more but I think there's definitely a trend in his movies in which he has sort of so he has this very whimsical sort of quirky uh style 
do all of his stuff. And yeah. I feel like he's always kind of uh, put that in contrast with some pretty like emotional or dark stuff, right? And, yeah, and yeah. early in his career used to be like things about dysfunctional families or, you know, the personal depression, that sort of thing. And I think as things have gone on, he's starting to move into more, into bigger sort of almost uh, philosophical or political concerns, right? Yeah. I think yeah. in Grand Budapest, you can see this whole idea of the rise of, uh, you know, the Nazis before World War II and, and that sort of darkness. And you get something similar here with this sort of evil dictator in Japan. Yeah. And, and the banishing of all these dogs who definitely strike me like some sort of metaphor for, you know, like any kind of oppressed, almost like the X-Men, right? That you can see mm. them as any kind of oppressed minority almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of a trademark of dystopians too, in general, uh, that, you know, they're sort of, they're usually sort of a metaphor for different things going on in our society and yes. you know, whether it's fair, you know, Fahrenheit 451 or, or uh, mm -hmm. um, 1984, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Anyway, You're talking about how every movie about robot robots is really a movie about slaves. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Uh, that uh, and certainly that's true with Ghost in the Shell and with Akira, and uh, and Japanese uh, dystopians uh, uh, that have strong metaphors. You have this banishment and. Uh, Kobayashi, the mayor, has a ward who is named Atari, uh, who uh, decides to run away from home. He gets, he steals this plane, and he goes and to Trash Island to find his dog, who he loves. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he crashes, and he's rescued by. There's five main dogs. You have Rex, King, Duke, Boss, and Chief. And uh, what did you think of these five dogs? Um, I think they were cool. Um, so you have, they're voiced by these, uh, oh, most of them are voiced by frequent Anderson collaborators. Yeah. You have Edward Norton, Bob Balaban, Jeff Goldblum, and Bill Murray. And then the main dog, Chief, right? Is the main dog? Or is mm -hmm. it Duke? Mm -hmm. I can't remember right now. Chief. But the main chief yeah. right and the main dog is voiced by brian cranston an actor who i usually don't like i feel like he's a bit of a ham mm. but i think it works here because it's only his voice so mm. there's you know and anderson's style is pretty reserved as far as emotion is concerned so i think he does a really good job here yeah um as the main dog and the other dogs are all they all have like their thing and they're all charming my favorite was jeff goldblum i don't remember the name yeah. of the dog but he's like a husky is he duke yeah he's yeah duke. he's the one who's got all the rumors he's like a dog who keeps saying oh did you hear about the rumor about this and about that i thought he was really funny yeah he was so funny i i really liked all of the dogs i thought that the the humor pretty much all worked in this movie i was laughing uh throughout i thought it was well, funny yeah i think the humor i think as far as comedy the idea is basically what if you could have all these sort of stereotypes that we, or, you know, the behavior of a dog, like cartoonishly, what we think of yeah. how a dog behaves and apply it to like a Wes Anderson sort of character. Yeah. And, and I think it works. I think it's really funny. I think so too. It kind of reminded me of uh, the, um, uh, the, 
the dogs in up a little bit, but but more but more uh, yeah natural. But I don't know. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great comparison. It's yeah. that sort of humor, and I think it works because uh, it's the same idea, but it's uh, I think it's executed in a, a yeah. different way, right? Because yeah. like you say, it's more droll. The the sort of comedy is a little darker and a little yeah. drier, and it works really well. Yeah, and we should say this is PG thirteen movie. It's uh, it's more for more mature. It's this is not for little little kids. Yeah, it's a little. It's got some some uh, d- disturbing elements in them. Um, as far as uh, I guess I would say violence. It's cartoonish violence, but there's a lot of you know, dog on dog yeah. violence, and these dogs are basically like, you know, exiled to this trash island, and they're like, uh, they struggle to get food, and some of them are victims of like medical sort of experiments. So there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, everybody's kids are different, but just make sure you, you know your kids, I guess, uh, if you mm-hmm. take them to see this movie. Um, but I loved the, just, I thought it was amazing, the, the fur on these, on these dogs, how they were able to get that with the stop motion. Like, it looked so good, and just all, all the animation blew me away. Yeah. I think I'm glad you mentioned the fur because I think if you know anything about stop motion animation and how it works, seeing the way the fur almost like just ruffles in the wind is incredible. It's yeah. so seamless and, and it looks so good and so effortless when you know that it took so long and it had to be moved one frame at a time. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyone who knows about it has to be, I feel like, Everyone who is like an animation person that has seen the movie has mentioned the fur, mm. at least as far as I have seen. Yeah, it was amazing. I th- I can't wait to get the art book of this movie because I'm so curious about how they made everything look the way it looked. And the I loved the backgrounds. Like I thought it was so amazing. There's there's these uh, all these scenes with uh, where there I think there's like they're supposed to be around glass and it looks so cool it looks like this like stained glass um uh, kind of effect to it and uh that those were that was my favorite of the backgrounds but all pretty much all the backgrounds i thought were incredible with such attention to detail and and like honestly if like the academy were more open-minded i think it should be nominated for production design because Mm -hmm. because i thought it was so beautiful even though it's that trash. Would be, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That would be well deserved. And it's it's kinda crazy that only one of Wes Anderson's movies has been nominated for production design, considering how he is known for the look of his movies and all these like sets that he creates. Is that true? I, I didn't it, know that. Oh my yeah, god. It was only Grand Budapest, which won. Uh, but before that none of them got nominated, which is kinda crazy when you that think about that. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. Uh, but I anyway yeah i just i just thought all of the set pieces looked so cool whether it was in japan and just the attention to detail and in the backgrounds was really cool or or the on on the island uh it was neat anyway and so uh so this atari character what did you think about him did you think he was sweet a sweet character uh 
Yeah, I think Atari, of the human characters, I think Atari is the one that works the best for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, because he is the one who is most closely related to the dog plotline. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's interacting with all the dogs. And I think uh, you can almost see this movie as two halves, the story with the dogs and the story with the back in mainland Japan with the humans. Yeah. And I think the dog part is the one that works best and that I would say uh yeah it just works it's like it that's the portion of the movie that i don't really have a lot of issues with yeah i like even though i'm actually not like a big animal person as far as my own owning animals i Mm -hmm. i do love movies with like a a boy and his dog or a a animal Mm -hmm. in that regard and that was very sweet and Uh, the relationship works yeah uh, because it's not only with the dog that he's looking for uh, spots, but also with Chief, who is yeah. uh, sort of the leader of this pack of dogs. But he's yeah. also uh, he doesn't he didn't have an owner before he was sent to the island, so he thinks of himself as a stray, and he's reluctant to uh, you know accept Atari as one of as one of them. And their relationship, the way it develops, is was very sweet, very effective. It is. I agree. It was very sweet. And, uh, and so, yeah. And, and some people I've heard said that, oh, well, there's not enough story here, but for me, I, I, that wasn't a problem for me. I felt like, uh, it was a a little road trip movie, you know, basically I I was fine with it. I, are they are these people referring just to the dog part of the movie? Because I think there's a lot of story, like yeah. much more story than the movie needs to have almost. I feel like this dog part, which is, like you say, like a little road trip sort of adventure, yeah. is, is more than enough. And then there you have all this other stuff happening with all these other characters that I think is what the movie doesn't necessarily yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah, you could make an argument that there's too much story <laughs> yeah i would say that as well there's yeah. too many plot lines yeah yeah have uh this going back to the japan storyline you have these scientists who basically discover a, a cure for the dog virus uh but kobayashi like basically tears it up and 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 squashes it and uh yeah so that was interesting and and then there is this character who is a student and that kind of brings us a foreign exchange student and that kind of brings us to his decision to have the movie in japanese uh Mm. the characters and not be translated in subtitles i think that's important yes to describe uh, because it's a little complicated but i think it's uh, the most uh fundamental element that makes me that i don't that you know that brings back all the problems that i have with the movie is so basically like rachel says um the japanese the dogs all speak in english and the japanese characters all speak in japanese and it is not translated with subtitles it is only translated when there is a translator character who translates yeah. this stuff into English. Otherwise, they just speak Japanese and it goes without subtitles, yeah. without a translation. And uh, Which, I don't know how you felt about that, that choice. Rachel. I felt like it was a bold and interesting choice. And I kind of appreciate it on that level. Uh, you know, I, I like 
every you know you go to you go to movies and it feels like well, this is exactly the same as everything that i've seen a million times uh and so mm -hmm. it was kind of nice in a way because it made it unpredictable and i i really didn't know what characters were going to be doing or uh or you know who was going to what it was going to do but it did create a couple problems for sure uh because yeah. you want to have this uprising against kobayashi and against things but how do you have that and not have us understand what the character is saying so okay. that sort of forced him i think into having this character be a foreign exchange student versus being a japanese character and because mm -hmm. otherwise how would we understand what she is saying and so that did create a kind of a white savior moment which was yeah. was i personally had a more of a it wasn't a, i still give it a very high grade so it wasn't a deal breaker for me but i had more of an issue with that than say like uh it being a japanese dystopian was that like mm -hmm. so many movies they have to tell another even a farce uh, a, a fake version of a fictional version of a, a culture they have to tell it through white eyes and white narrative you know like a mo movies like glory and movies like things like that you know that's like you got to have the or like your dances with wolves or you know there's just so many yeah. movies where it's like you got to have the white person in the culture explaining the culture not saying those movies are bad but it just, I, I just feel like it forced him into a corner where he had to make this person mm -hmm. an American to tell it's, the story. Uh, it's very frustrating, not only because of, you know, uh, even if you're not uh, super invested in, the, in trying to get more diverse stories to be told and the sort of like social and political aspects of it, it is just, uh, kind of boring at this point because we've gotten yeah. so many and that's like the only perspective that we get so yeah um, it feels like you say it feels like the same thing over and over again and that is frustrating on one level and then you have this other level about um, what he's trying to say about Japan and how Japan is depicted in the movie and Japanese people I think there is uh, which brings us back to the the decision to have the characters speak in Japanese. Um, like you say, I agree with you that it's, uh, I guess it's a cool choice uh, in theory. I think every time that we hear a language that is not English in an American movie, I get excited at least a little bit, just mm -hmm. because um, it feels like sometimes we're so trapped and you know, we said movies in foreign places and then just people speak with like weird, in English with weird German or Russian accents or something. And so yeah. it's, it's cool to get to hear the language, uh, but it, it creates a couple of problems, not even with the Tracy character, but um, I think it goes a little further than that. I think that the Japanese works really well with Atari in terms of, because I think it's clear there that what he wanted was for us to have the perspective of the dogs. So he drops this human character and he has him speak in a language that is different from the dogs so that we uh, are seeing the story from the dog's perspective more so than the human. Make, it's almost like a flipping of things and making the human the, the, the different character, right? Usually in a movie, mm -hmm. the dog would be the one that we can't fully understand and communicate with. 
and then in this case it's kind of flipped and it's the human and we get all the dog's perspective and the human is sort of the animal almost right mm-hmm. so i thought that worked really well um I am not totally sure that having him speak Japanese was the best decision, just considering the history of how Japanese and Asian people have been depicted in movies. Uh, I feel like there is this um, sort of way in which, especially Asian characters in movies have always been depicted as uh, sort of like, aliens or or cultures that can't fully be understood or are like a little kooky and uh, oh they're just like the weird ones you know um and i think you get a little bit of that by having them speak japanese we can't fully get into the perspective of these characters we have to uh, approach them through the dogs or through the white character or the translator character and so they seem like a little they seem foreign to a degree that it's frustrating in a movie that is you know, supposed to be and celebrate Japanese culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're both kind of saying similar things uh, that it forced him to kind of have, uh, have a outsider kind of perspective in this where it should have felt sort of more immersive, even if this is a fictional version of Japan. It, I don't know. It just, it, it was a bold choice. It was an interesting choice. And so I, I guess I kind of, cut him a little slack uh because i appreciate directors that make bold choices but um uh, but yeah i don't think it entirely worked i agree with you uh mm-hmm. that it, it it didn't work and i and i do agree that the i mean it's kind of interesting that you have this whole like student uprising kind of thing and this movie just just as obviously it was coincidence but as we've as we've had student uprising in the last um you know couple of months so it was kind of mm-hmm. interesting on that level but um but it didn't really work super well i this character uh, he is definitely very interested in japanese culture and Germany, japanese art and imagery right and everything looks beautiful and he has a blast depicting all this sort of uh japanese uh uh, paintings and oh, yeah. using the design and all of that to and like create this beautiful scene. the sushi scene oh. so everything that you like almost like everything that one can free associate with japan if someone tells you you know gives you a piece of paper and says you have five minutes to write down everything you know about japanese culture almost all of it isn't depicted in one way in the movie and he has a lot of fun doing that but i don't know if it is uh, it, essential to the plot or the themes of the movie and that's kind of the disconnect that i feel about the movie it was kind of i guess it's set in japan just because it is a cool setting but um i don't know i feel like there's something missing there in that connection that i would want it for it to fully justify itself right i feel like at this point if especially if you're gonna make all these choices uh about which characters do and don't speak japanese which characters we get to see from our perspective and which ones we don't um there's a lot of complicated stuff there that isn't fully working i don't think yeah Yeah. it's fair it's fair it didn't it wasn't a deal breaker it sounds like it bothered you more than it bothered me but um but i it's a valid a valid complaint for sure i i get it Mm -hmm. um and uh but i didn't i appreciated that i didn't feel like it was 
too heavy-handed as far as the the metaphor or as far as the messaging like i could definitely see people mm-hmm. walking away with different interpretations like there's some people that are going to be like uh you know kobayashi is donald trump and whatever and huh. that, that's a valid interpretation uh there's people who could walk away with other interpretations and uh and more broad interpretations and i don't know Mm -hmm. i just feel like that i appreciate that uh i appreciate that he tried different things and that's like a a bold i feel like it's a bold interesting movie that uh and um it was funny it was it had sweet characters so i agree not every choice worked but Mm -hmm. but i would say uh it nothing nothing was a deal breaker for me nothing turned me off from the movie uh personally and um i i do Uh want to mention real quick the uh the music i thought Mm. was excellent throughout the Uh, the film again uh alexandre desla who did the score for anderson's last three movies he comes back and he has this very you know uh, there's a lot of Japanese flute, I think, and there's a lot of taiko drums in the score, which is, uh, it's cool. I think the score works. Yeah. And it's very beautiful. Um, you know, he's a great composer. He just won the Oscar for a second time this year for Shape of Water, which is also a lovely score. Yeah. Um, yeah he's great. And he's doing a great job. Um, I will say, uh, like you say, I think the movie is open to uh, different interpretations. Uh, I personally am not totally sure what my ultimate interpretation of the themes is. Maybe yeah. I have to see it again. Me too. I have the suspicion that maybe that is another thing that I'm a little disappointed by. I feel like the movie could be a little clearer about uh, uh, what it's trying to say. And I think it might have to do, the the muddy parts of the message I think might have to do with this whole uh, Japanese and perspective uh, thing about the characters yeah. uh, of of exactly which characters are we supposed to uh, sympathize with? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that just as you talk about like general uh, final thoughts about the movie, I guess yeah. um, I think I would recommend it to people not only because it is uh, because I uh, think. Uh, stop motion animation is my favorite kind of animation and it usually doesn't do crazy well at the box office so I would like uh, I'm always you know banging the drum for any stop motion movie and this one's particularly beautiful Um, it's very well made there's a lot of good stuff in it and even the stuff that doesn't quite work all these uh, questions about the depiction of Japan and what's exactly going on there I think that can also be a moment for people to see the movie and just like, uh, even if they are Japanese or not, or if they are Asian or not, um, just, you know, see how you feel about it. Think why people have responded the way they have to the depiction of Japan here. Um, I know, for example, that when there are like, stereotypical depictions of Latin American culture, I react in similar ways. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to think about these questions of how are we, how do our directors and our producers depict, depicting uh, different cultures on screen? 
Um, I would also recommend an essay by Alison Wilmer on BuzzFeed about, uh, which starts talking about Isle of Dogs and then it moves into other pieces of media that depict uh, Asian countries and characters about um, Orientalism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think she's, she lays out a very interesting, a very interesting point about how uh, these things affect different people and how it's not so much a conversation about uh, what should and shouldn't be done, but more about uh, hearing the responses that different people have to this sort of thing and, and listening to each other, which I think is important. I completely agree with you. I think that it's a movie that makes interesting choices. And so I'm I'm very curious to know what people think about those choices. and. Uh, and I, I'm very curious for my audience that's a, a pretty animation savvy audience. I'm curious to know what you all think about this movie in comparison to some of the, some of the ones I brought up, but even something like Kubo and the Two Strings uh, mm. and, um, and like I said, Akira, Ghost in the Shell, so many other movies that uh, have dystopian, uh, I mean, Kubo isn't really dystopian, but I don't know, it's just, a similar stop motion uh, yeah. attempt to, to tell a Japanese story in a way. Um, and I'm just mm -hmm. curious to know from uh, people listening, how you think this compares and, uh, and what you think it got right, what you think maybe could have been better. Um, but overall I left the theater just feeling like feeling charmed and feeling like I had laughed a lot feeling like I had been dazzled by beautiful animation and, uh, and, uh, and just feeling like I had gotten a sweet, original, unpredictable story. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, so I definitely recommend that you go and see, uh, see it and, and let's ha have a discussion about some of these things. And uh, so I appreciate that we have directors like, Wes Anderson and for me somebody like Pete Doctor people like that who are who are trying new ideas who are thinking uh in in the world of animation and not just you know giving us another minions movie or whatever you know that that we're <laughs> getting these mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah. it was a real treat to see and um so I appreciate you talking about it with me I think uh, this has been a really interesting discussion and uh, to an interesting film, so. Absolutely, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. Oh, thanks. And uh, so where can people find you and your blog and everything? Yeah, so um, I've been disconnected for a couple of days because I was in the Amazon, but now I'm back <laughs> to civilization and I will, should be tweeting more and hopefully writing more on my blog. You can find me on Twitter at Coco Hits New York. And you can also find me at my blog and my writing at Coco Hits New York. Sorry, that's CocoHitsNY.wordpress.com. Great. And uh, you can find me here at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And uh, so check that out. And I'm really excited over on my Hallmarkies uh, podcast. Uh, we are going to be interviewing the film critic Alonzo Duralde. This, uh, it's going to post on Monday. So make sure that you're subscribed, even if you don't watch any Hallmark movies. It's actually a really fun podcast because we have pretty fun chemistry. 
And mm-hmm. uh, so subscribe to that or at least uh, keep an eye out for that interview because I'm really excited about it. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff happening right now in my life. So uh, mm-hmm. make sure you're following us and let us know what you thought of Isle of Dogs. Did you like it? Did What did you think? And um, thanks so much. And we will uh, we'll talk again soon. We actually have some really fun podcast ideas in the uh coming up between uh, the two of us i'm really excited about <laughs> yes i will be back and we <laughs> yes. will be having some fun in the future yes all, all right. right well thanks so much and we'll talk we'll talk soon all right bye bye